And now for something completely different. Well, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David. We've been talking about things going on in the world, sports, NFL stuff, protests, uh, talking about boldness and courage. And I've been sharing with you about some of the people around the world that I minister with, have the privilege of visiting in their churches, uh, walking with them, walking through their communities, seeing the persecution that they face. And we've been talking about what real boldness, what real courage, what real bravery, especially in the face of needing to be brave every single day. Uh, it's not just a, a matter of uh, saying, hey, I, I have a protest to make, but it has, are you willing to lay your life on the line? And that is indeed what some of our pastors face. But you can be a part of praying for them supporting them with the encouragement of interceding on their behalf. And they are so grateful for prayers of people. I'm constantly reminded by them. Thank the people that pray for us. You can find our prayer requests at uh, Whitefields Inc., Whitefields I-N-C, on Facebook. Once a day, we put up a prayer request. Uh, you can also go to whitefields.org. That's Whitefields. Dot org, and you can pray for our pastors there. When we come back, I'm going to take their boldness and their courage, and I'm going to share with you how you can begin achieving boldness in your Christian testimony and the sharing of the gospel right here in whatever city, job, country, place you might be living. Even if it's America, we can still be bold in our witness of the gospel for the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn toward drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. And the more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. Then, after decades of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined K-Praise, and this radio program began. You are about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back. I am so glad that you are listening in today. Having a great, wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Looking out the window here, it's a beautiful, sunny day as uh, we so often have right here in San Diego. And uh, it's been great uh, being with you, uh, talking. I hope we did not uh, chase away all the non-sports people. hope we had a rational discussion about that. But we've been talking about the protests going on. And, and I know some people were as, uh, assuming and, and kind of sharing that those uh, protesters are being brave. And I wanted to bring your attention to pastors that share the gospel, preach the gospel in countries where, by doing it, they could very easily lose their life. And I shared with you about Pastor Ahmed in the Middle East and Pastor Ruat facing challenges. And I wanted to share some things for you about how you can achieve boldness in your your life, in, in your sharing of the gospel. And I wanted to do that from, from the uh, book of Acts. The book of Acts gives us those early first years of how the apostles went out and and presented the gospel to people all around the world. They 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 were they were being bold. 
And I want to take you first to chapter 4 of of the book of Acts. In chapter 3, Peter and John had just healed a a lame beggar sitting by the gate there. And he had been uh, lame for all of his life. He'd been there a long time, many, many decades. And the rulers and the elders, they were upset. And so they had them arrested. And then the next day, they brought them out and they set them before, and they'd gathered all the rulers and all the elders and all the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set John and Peter in their midst, so they they basically surrounded them. You're going to be intimidated. Look at all of us. We're together. We're the high priest and all the members of his family, and we have all come here, and now you are put in the middle of us. And when they had set them in their midst, they said, by what power or by what name did you do this? Can you just... Hear the the venom dripping from that question. Who do you think you are? Who do you represent? (laughs) But you know what's amazing? Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he answers them. He gives them a very clear answer. And I want to bring your attention down to verse 13, because that's where it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these were the guys that were supposed to be intimidated. Do you know that you live in a culture where so many people, communications, and messages from the news media to Hollywood shows to television shows to school uh, teachers and school professors, they are all intended to intimidate you, Christian person. How dare you believe in Jesus? Who do you think you are believing in a creator? Creation. Who do you think you are having moral positions and being opposed to sexual immorality? Who do you serve? Who do you think you are? And you know, I meet many Christians who have become very timid. And then they're scared. But when... These scribes and these Pharisees and the high priest, Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all the high priest family, when they came together, they did not intimidate Peter and John. And they saw their boldness. And in verse 13, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. But they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's the first thing I want to share with you. If you want to have boldness in your Christian life and in your ability to be a witness and a testimony, you need to be with Jesus. How can you be with Jesus? 
in the Gospels. Read the, read the Gospels. Read the Bible. Jesus is present even through the whole Old Testament. There are pictures of him, and, and there's the explanation of what he's going to come do. Just like this lady in Myanmar who said, I am not afraid. My husband and those leaders in the village, they cannot save me from my sin. Oh, if you want boldness, you need to be with Jesus. And you need to be able, no matter who is intimidating you, to say, Oh, Jesus is the one that can save me from my sin. So the first thing I want to say is that boldness comes by being in the presence of Jesus. You don't have to be formally trained. Although, by the way, the Apostle Paul, who ends the book of Acts by sharing that he is bold, Paul was formally trained, and he goes through as well. So you don't have to go out and say, I'm going to be an ignorant Christian. No, 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 that's not the point at all. It's not about what your education level is. It's about how much are you in the presence of Jesus? Here's the second thing I want to bring to your attention. This is Acts chapter 4. But if you go back to the beginning of the book of Acts, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, I want to remind you, right before the, the story of the book of Acts begins, the apostles had experienced the death of their Savior, their friend, Jesus, their teacher, their rabbi, and they hadn't been fully clear as to why that was happening. And so as it was happening, they they were concerned. Here they are, lost in their misery and their depression and their sadness. Their, their wonderful friend Jesus, who had, they had lived with for three years, had died. But then he was resurrected. And during those periods of time, Jesus began to come to them, and he began to be involved with them. And then after 40 days, we, we get to the book of Acts, and Acts chapter 1, and the story picks up right there. And in verse 6, he says, When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they were still a little confused about what all was going on here. And Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And then in verse 8, he says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And listen to this wonderful promise that Jesus makes. Now, we often talk about the Great Commission as a commandment, something that we're supposed to do. But at this point, Jesus is actually speaking to his apostles, his disciples, and he's giving them a, prof a promise. It's, it's a prophecy. It's going to be fulfilled in the short term, and they're going to be able to look back right away and say, wow, we did this. He was right. Jesus says to them, he said to me, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow. Now, I've heard people sometimes take that and they say, this is, where is your Jerusalem? Your Jerusalem is here. You need to go out. No, no, no. Wait a minute. That's not what Jesus is saying. 
What he's saying here is to his apostles, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem. And by Acts chapter 4, that happens. They begin to share the gospel, and 3,000 people are saved. And then Peter preaches again after healing that lame beggar, and 5,000 people believe. And it's an incredible, they begin to see the revival happening, and they say, Jesus was right. We have been his, his testimony. We have been his witnesses in Jerusalem. And then they begin to look around and they say, hey, people all over Judea are coming to faith. And then they go to Samaria. And hey, you know what was very unique about Samaria? Those people didn't even get along with each other. They were an ethnically, culturally different people. They didn't like one another. And yet Samarians began to receive Jesus Christ and believe. And and they were baptized and they came to faith. And you know where the ends of the earth are? Well, I'm sitting in it right here. We're 7,000-something miles away from Jerusalem. Wherever you're at, look at your current location and ask uh, Google, search on Google, and say, how far am I from Jerusalem? And they'll give you an answer. You're the utter ends of the earth. And if you have heard of the, the news, good news of Jesus Christ, this prophecy has been fulfilled. So that's the wonderful truth. And why am I sharing this? Well, it's because his apostles looked at what Jesus had prophesied and boldness came to them because they knew they were in the plan of God. Not only had they been in the presence of Jesus, but they knew they were in the plan of God. I want to give you another principle here, and that is that boldness comes by the power of prayer. Last time I was on with uh, with David, he mentioned uh, that we were talking uh, Whitefields Ministry. Yes, we do need donations to help us support church planners, but I am more keenly aware of how much we need prayer. We need people to pray and open up the intercessory prayers and bringing requests before God and saying, God, will you supply this? God, will you provide for this? God, will you do this? And so we need people that will lift up these needs and the power of prayer. And that's exactly what happened. When they finished up where they were at, they came together. And and they, they returned. And they came to all of their friends. And they began there in chapter 4, Acts chapter 4. They started a prayer meeting. They, the people, the Pharisees, had seen their boldness. They finally told them, stop doing this, go away. And in verse 18, they called them, charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John said, well, we don't know about you and all the rest of God, but I'll tell you what, we're going to go do what's right. And in verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, look at the very first thing they did. They lifted their voices together to God. That's right. They had a prayer meeting. They gathered together. They said, the first thing we're going to do right now is we're going to lift our voices to God. We're going to pray. And this is what they prayed. Sovereign Lord. They identified that, Lord, you are in control of the universe. Secondly, they said, who made the heavens and the earth. He's the creator. And then they go on to share how... Everybody has raged against you, Lord, but you have indeed gathered together your holy servant, Jesus. You've done it. You've put it together. 
and you are able to answer our prayers. Here's the final thing that I want to share with you, and that is this. Boldness comes by having the right perspective. Sometimes we think everything has to work out. We all have to be healed. We have to be this. We have to, everything's got to be done right. And you know what? The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one, he was willing to be a witness and do what was right before the Lord, whether it meant life or death. And that is why our pastors in the Middle East, our pastors in places where they're being persecuted are so bold. They don't care whether they have life or lose life. They want to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. I'm sitting in for David today. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. When we come back, I'm going to share with you some of the news about things going on in the very violent situation in the region of Rakhine in Myanmar. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. More local, national, and heavenly talk on the David Spoon Experience. AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station. In a time when the church faces significant cultural change, who will remind us of what really matters? Who will help us stand for the truth when the truth is no longer popular? At the 12th Annual KPRZ Pastors Appreciation Luncheon on Thursday, October 5th, we have a seat reserved for you at City View Church in Mission Valley, along with every other pastor in San Diego County. Receive encouragement from an experienced leader who has walked in your shoes, one who understands the challenges you didn't learn about in seminary. Dr. Robert Jeffress is a best-selling author, the pastor of First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, and the host of Pathway to Victory, a national radio and television ministry. Shoulder to shoulder we stand, for there's more we have in common than what divides us. Lead on, Pastor. We're with you. The 12th Annual KPRZ Pastors Appreciation Luncheon is sponsored by Whitefields Ministry and San Diego Gas and Electric. Reserve your seat at kprz.com or on the KPraise app. Billions of people are cut off from access to the gospel living in hard-to-reach places. Sometimes extreme poverty causes isolation. Others live in hostile communities. Their family may kill them if they acknowledge faith in Christ. The most efficient way to reach these people is by supporting a pastor that knows their language, lives like them, is one of them, and ready to start a church. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. Since 1953, Whitefields has been supporting national pastors in the most remote villages, proclaiming the gospel to all people. This is David Spoon, and many of you are out there looking for an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. Will your partnership by praying and donating to Whitefields Ministry can advance the cause of Christ by starting more churches in needy communities? Visit whitefields.org or call 760 Eight four six eight six one zero and donate today. My friends, Tom Lewis for Cross International. This is a critical month for children in the country of Kenya and South Sudan. Also critical month, as you well know, for those families suffering in the Houston, Texas area and surrounding communities. Through Cross International, you can give a double blessing gift. Here's how it works. When you give your gift for Africa to feed a child through the next five months, through the end of January, that is a $60 one-time gift. That provides the food they need for these suffering children and families. 
families. But when you call the number I'm about to give you, you can add on a special love gift for the families and friends in Houston that have been through so much. Let me give you the number. You can use your credit card when you call 866-946-8233, 866-946-8233. Let's be the hands and feet of Christ. Call right now. Call 866-946-8233 or kprz.com. Local, national, and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us, being together with us on this fine Tuesday afternoon. And for those of you listening in the evening, glad to have you listening uh, for the uh, after shows. And anybody that's listening on the podcast, whatever day it is, we've been having a great day here this afternoon. And I hope you're having a fantastic time as well. Uh, you are listening to AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. I'm the Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry. I'm sitting in for David today. Uh, David's been sick. He's got a fever. We are hoping and praying that the Lord will strengthen him and get him back up again tomorrow. You can find our ministry at whitefields.org. Whitefields Ministry supports national pastors uh, starting new churches in their own countries. You can also call our office, 760-846-8610. I am always welcome, uh, will welcome your calls if you want to talk about things I've talked about, and uh, we can share together with you. And I'm available to encourage your churches. Uh, we want to encourage people to get involved in ministry and spreading the gospel, both in their neighbors right here in San Diego and around the world. Well, I told you I wanted to talk about the uh, news and the things. Some of you might have seen this. It's been kind of headline news for a while, and and it's in uh, the country of Myanmar. Now, most people, when I say that, uh, I will tell them that it was formerly or still sometimes in our news called Burma. Uh, it is the country where Adoniram Judson first took the gospel, and it is an 85% Buddhist country for the most part. Uh, the Chin people, the Chin state up in the uh, north and the uh, west side towards the uh, India border uh, are often quite uh, relate as Christians. Now, some of them are not evangelical Christians, but they do identify as Christians, not Buddhists up in that region. But south of that is an area called Rakhine. And I was uh, acquainted with this the last trip that I made last at the very end of last year. I was in Myanmar, and uh, I met seven pastors that came down out of the Rakhine area to Yangon, and they sat in on a Bible study that I taught, uh, Bible classes for uh, three days, and we got to meet them and know them. Uh, many of them, five of them, are pastors up in the very mountain regions. There are not even roads to the places they live. They they simply they they get to uh, Palatois, the final city. They kind of drive or take a boat out a ways, and then they travel up into the area. Uh, Whitefields identifies two of those pastors that we're working with out of the seven, Jacob and uh, Joy David, or David Joy, and uh, we uh, are, are getting their reports. The rest of the men come down to Palatois, and they, they interact with them. But in that Rakhine area, there has been a tremendous amount of violence and 
a militant uh, rebellion going on. Um, and I wanted to share some of that with you. I've been having some people that have been in touch with me. They said, how, how are our pastors? What's going on? Well, the Indian news source on September 24, that's just a couple days ago, said that Myanmar's army today said that it had discovered a mass grave of 28 Hindus in the violence-torn Rakhine area. These people are very ethnically and religiously divided. So Hindus were killed in Rakhine, and they were blaming the killings on Muslim Rohingyas, militants, and the report said that the militant group Arakan Rohingya Salvation Army was suspected to be behind the attack. Now, security members found and dug up 28 dead bodies of Hindus and were cruelly violently killed by Arsa, the extremist Bengali terrorist in the Rakhine state. So that's one of the news reports we've had. I began to, to discover that the area has been in violence for quite a while. And the BBC says that the exodus began, this most recent uprising. And by the way, sometimes uh, people here will talk about America being divided. You know what? I travel around the world. I want to let you know people are divided everywhere. People are divided by religion. They're divided by ethnicity. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited about our ministry uh, going on in Uganda. Uh, some of you are friends with Pastor Onesimus Noboko, our field director in Rukunjiri, uh, Uganda. Uh, they have been planting churches. We've been supporting them there in the Rukunjiri Township area. And then uh, Onesimus said his heart, uh, and, and he had showed me the place. He said, it's about three and a half hours from our place. There's a different ethnic people of different tribal background. They're despised people, but we want to take the gospel to them. And so starting uh, just a couple months ago, uh, we've been helping provide uh, food so that these people would not starve. We were getting reports that five to eight were dying each week. And so we delivered uh, corn maize and uh, uh, beans. And then just this last uh, two weeks, we began to see that rains were coming back, and so we were able to provide seed. A friend of mine, a good friend that's a farmer, said, well, you know, Steve, the farmer plants in tears. I said, I've heard that phrase. What does it mean? He said, well, when you're starving and you're hungry, you, you eat, and the food you eat is the seed. So if you eat all the, the seed, you have nothing to plant. If you plant it, you now have to wait. You don't get any meals until it grows. So we've been able to keep uh, food in their, their bellies, and now we've been getting seed there. And they're, they're crossing into a new ethnic region, new people that are not a part of their own. So those things are going on. People are divided all over the world. This exodus in Myanmar and Rohingya uh, in Rakhine started on August 25th after Rohingya militants attacked police posts, killing 12 members of the security force. Those attacks led to a security crackdown. So Myanmar's military says it is fighting insurgents. But those who have fled, they say the troops and Rakhine Buddhists are conducting a brutal campaign to drive them out. So you have two sides of a brutal, violent conflict. And you're saying, well, well, what, what's happening? What's happening in this region then? What's going on? Well, people are fighting. People are dying. The army said that there were 20 dead women and eight men in the graves that they, they dug up, six boys under the age of 10, my friends. Said the bodies that were found in the village 
Yebakwai, which is near a cluster of Hindu and Muslim communities in northern Rakhine, and, and these people were found there. Well, things have been going on. The United Nations have been in uh, general session these past two weeks, and and the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said the world body welcomes constructive approaches by ASEAN, as well as the provision of humanitarian assistance, and it's ready to cooperate on the Rakhine crisis. Well, I want to bring to you what a what a real solution looks like, and it comes in the report from Pastor Joy David. He said, in July, we received a, a lot of rain, so much so that the rivers were at risk of overflowing. He, he lives right in Palatois, in Rakhine, right in the midst of all of this violence and things going on. He said, uh, the perilous traveling by outboard motor, that's the only way you can get around. There are no cars or roads in our part of Myanmar. The people only have the river for traveling. So you're either in a dugout little canoe or you're on some kind of a little outboard motorboat and it's uh, rain has caused all the rivers to swell and this is what he says. Our church ministries are meeting regularly. I am a member of the Palatois Evangelical Churches Fellowship. And for two days in July, the members strategically focused preaching the gospel in town. We distributed tracts, shared the gospel house to house. We met many new people and shared with them about Jesus Christ. You know, when you live in the midst of violence, that is the best thing you can be doing Share about the Prince of Peace who gave his life to give us peace. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. When we come back, we're going to be interviewing uh, author Jay Grimstead. Don't go anywhere. It's the one and only David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Hey, K-Praise friends, Sam Rasool here with Keller Williams Realty. So I heard you've been on the internet trying to figure out what your home's worth. Stop that. The internet's a scary place. If you or someone you know is considering selling, call me. I'll give you a free and accurate home value report. The market is changing and you need to know what's going on. I've been selling homes all over San Diego for more than 20 years. I'm a trusted K-Praise partner and fellow believer. You have nothing to lose by calling. Me. My in-home consultation and home value report are free. When we meet, I'll give you a copy of my book, Muslim by Birth, Christian by Faith, and I'll even donate to your favorite charity or ministry. Call me now, 858-780-1SAM, 858-780-1SAM, or just visit thinksam.com, realestatethinksam.com. Thanks. I'm Cheryl Giesbrecht with Transform Through Truth. The challenge of change has become God's open door for me to embrace the new adventures He has in store. Early in my ministry, Pastor Paul and I suffered the consequences of a decision made by our senior pastor. My husband was fired from his pastoral position. There was no sin in our ministry. As we left the church, we were bitter, resentful, and angry. And within a year, we attended a seminar called Resolving Spiritual Conflicts, taught by Neil Anderson. 
Someone once said that only constant in life is change, but God stands firm when everything else moves. Thankfully, the one thing that hasn't changed in my life is my God. In fact, his character quality of immutability, something that can only be attributed to him, means never changing, always the same, constant and reliable. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I've now let the challenge of change become God's open door for me to embrace the new adventures. I am so thankful he won't change his mind about his plans and his purpose for me. I encourage you, whatever changes you are facing, grab onto God. He's reaching out to you and let him pull you back up. It's only through him that you can get up again and stand firm because he never changes. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. May God's presence and peace engulf you as you face your changes. Thanks for joining author and speaker Cheryl Giesbrecht for Transform Through Truth. Do you need prayer or free resources? Or would you like to order Cheryl Giesbrecht's new devotional book, Experiencing God Through His Names? Then go to FromAshesToBeauty.com. The David Spoon Experience continues on AM 1210 k the Christian station. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here. Glad to be with you on this wonderful, beautiful afternoon. And as I mentioned, as we were leaving uh, just before the break, you are listening to AM 1210 K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. And on the line with us today, we have Dr. Jay Grimstead, uh, author of uh, the book Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible. Dr. Uh, Grimstead, can I call you Jay? Yes, and uh, you're Steve? I'm Steve. Hi, Steve. God bless you. Great to be here. Good. Thank you very much. Good to be with you. And uh, we're having a beautiful day here in San Diego. How's the weather where you're at? Very good. Very beautiful. Excellent. We always love to brag about our weather in San Diego. I have to be careful. Uh, sometimes I talk to people back in Minnesota, and, and if we talk about a sunny day in January, they're in uh, 30 below or something like that. But uh, should be good all, ar- all around. And uh, uh, glad to talk with you today. Your book is called Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible. It, it deals with uh, International Church Council and some things like that. That might be kind of new to some people. Can you just give us an idea of what, what do you mean by International Church Councils? By International what? The, the idea uh, of what church... Was the question? Yeah, Steve? by Church Councils and the idea of... Uh, oh, church Councils. Yeah, yeah, Church, well, church Councils. You what? mean some, some probably... Uh, uh, poor version of a global church council than they had in the very first one, Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. And the idea of the church council was to settle a major question whether Jesus Christ was really 100% God or just some kind of a super angel or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, they've had, they had seven ecumenical church councils where all bishops from the whole known world came and decided on certain things, and Christian orthodoxy uh, comes out of that. Uh, right. The, so what I'm saying is uh, there are some major, major issues and a few minor issues that are being taught, uh, falsehoods are being taught about them since about the 1970s in evangelical seminaries and Christian colleges. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so each time one of these uh, I uh, one of these falsehoods started being taught and promoted, uh, we would gather a team of theologians and jump on it, as it were, and write out what we thought was the biblical uh, was the biblical position, right. and then boil it down into affirmations and denials, into creed-like short, terse statements. That's mm-hmm. what we've done. And so in 40 years, from 1977 to 19 to 2017, and in that, seven, in that 40 years, um, we have uncovered 24 such uh, false teachings, and this book and these 24 documents are an antidote the false teachings. We're hoping to have church councils in Zurich and a uh, global church council in Zurich in 27, 2020, pardon me, 2019, mm-hmm. and one in Worms, Germany in 2021. All right. Where uh, maybe, uh, well, at least a large number of the nations would send delegates and a large number of the denominations and seminaries would send delegates right and hopefully affirm these 24 documents that's what we're hoping excellent that's a great uh, let, let me take that thought because in in the the cover of the book it says proclaiming the truth on 24 controversial issues now i just want to i'm going to play devil's advocate so you can answer this isn't i i, I this isn't me talking this is just your uh, your foe here Controversy. Why can't we all just get along? A lot of people in America, in Christianity in America, they don't want any controversy. Why, why do we need to come to a, a decision on these things? Why, why is that important to us? Yes, and uh, it would be easier if we didn't have to have controversy, and mm-hmm. it would be easier to just sit back and let people believe falsehoods. But uh, because the Bible... Uh, gives us an idea of truth as being absolute, where there is what Francis Schaeffer called true truth, truth that's always true. And uh, because truth is stable and is not flexible and is not just what anybody decides it to be, uh, controversy is necessary in a fallen world. Mm, And so... uh, uh, it's impossible if you're going to take the Bible seriously and uh, obey it to not uh, come forth with arguments against Bible falsehoods that are proclaimed. Okay. So the people that don't want to have controversy actually have sort of settled for just not settling any issues, right? Is that kind of a fair summation of that? Uh Probably. Yeah. So so we what we need to do and what you're presenting in this book is that the Bible is the source of our answers, right? Exactly. That the Bible is the the only absolute written statement uh, where everything in it is true and where it decides the truth or falsehood of every other philosophy or book or idea that all other truth claims uh, by anybody about anything has to be measured by the Bible since we believe it is the it is God's inerrant word on all things it speaks about. Mm-hmm. So that's really the dividing line. Those people that would go 
into error are in some way saying, I'm not going to trust the Bible to be that uh, inerrant word. Um, what if someone uh, were to say, well, you know, America is a Christian nation, and, and as America goes, that's what Christianity should do. Uh, I noted uh, some of our various uh, senators and uh, 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 various uh, people questioning uh uh, people being appointed to government office have been very upset about uh, those potential government leaders being orthodox Christians. In other words, genuinely, truly believing uh, Christianity or believing the doctrines of the Bible. One was a Wheaton professor not long ago, and they were trying to say uh, one of the senators, Krista Van Hollen, said, well, uh, I believe Christianity and my Christianity, and they make a kind of a personal uh, sense of what they believe. Uh, and what you're trying to say is, that's not really our right to decide that I have a personal belief about Christianity, right? That's right. Uh, it's not for us to decide or how we feel or what we think is best, but what God actually said in what we claim to be mm-hmm. and what uh, uh, an inerrant word, which is what uh, Moses thought the Bible was and what Isaiah thought the Bible was. And, mm-hmm. and Jeremiah right. and Daniel and Jesus and Paul, all these guys really believed in the inerrancy of the Bible. It was absolutely God's word through human men. And uh, that it is the final word about all truth about anything it speaks about. Right. Now, as we see in America, of course, uh, certain uh, of the things, uh, obviously, uh, there are, there are things, uh, controversial things about sexuality. Does the book deal with some of those topics? Uh, yeah, we've got two topics. One is homosexuality, and one is the roles of males and females. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's very clear that God intended for a human to be either a full-fledged male or a full-fledged female, and that there's nothing in between that God recognizes, and uh, that every cell of our body is either a uh, a male or female uh, you know, uh, cell or chromosome. Mm-hmm. Every every one is either uh, it's uh, <clears throat> X Y or what is it uh, Y Y. Yeah, anyway, sci- science, it's one sci- or the it's, other. It's, it's all science, it's, isn't it? I mean, it's, science, it's science is what tells yeah. us that, but the Bible actually set forward what God intended uh, there to be. Uh, the, I, I believe Planned Parenthood, uh, in their attempt to say that children, they want to teach children that you are free to change your assigned gender at birth. So uh, they, they consider you were assigned a gender at birth, and then you get to reassign yourself. But uh, the Bible has other things to say about that. Uh, also, uh, you, you deal with certain things. How does this relate in other cultures, not just America, but other places? Well, uh, what we have found, and my, my understanding is that in a third world, there's much more Bible-believing, conservative, real Christianity going on, Bible-obedient Christianity in the third world. And in fact, in the third world, outside of America, Canada, and Europe, in a third world, Christianity is growing at an unbelievable mm-hmm. rate. I Amen. mean, we couldn't have believed how fast it's growing. And uh, Christianity, for example, the the total number of Christians in the world 
doubled from nine from almost from almost doubled from 1950 to 1980. And okay. there were uh, there was a ratio of 21 non-Christians to every one Christian in 1950. By 1980, Christianity had grown so greatly, mainly in the third world countries, that it was it was 13 to one. 13 wow. non-Christians everywhere. Well, that's really I, encouraging. I'm going to ask you: Do you have time to stay over uh, the break for our next uh, segment? I'd like to ask you a couple more questions. Yes, yes. Good. All right. We're going to take a break right now. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields. I'm sitting in for David Spoon uh, here on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. We are interviewing uh, Dr. Jay Grimstead. The book is Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we will be right back. I've got a few more questions for him and want to, want to hear his answers to those. We'll be right back. Local, national, and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite and Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son and manager at Ecola. Mom, I remember back to school time. Things can get pretty hectic. That's right, Tyson. Just like for us humans, the fall is also a busy season for annoying pests, with termites still active from the late summer heat or rodents looking for their next winter home. Now is the perfect time to call Ecola for a free inspection. Call 877 877- 332 bugs. At Ecola, we've done our homework. We are the leaders and best in alternative and traditional pest control, offering mother approved, simple solutions. Perfect for families, perfect for pets, perfect solutions created just for you. Don't procrastinate, right, Tyson? Come on, Mom. Call the class leader today. Ecola Termite and Pest Control, 877 332 bugs, 877 332 2847, or online at termitelady.com. Ecola. Powerful termite and pest control, as gentle as a butterfly. Local, national, and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station. Welcome back. I'm glad that you are all joining us. I am Steve Wheeler, and I'm interviewing Dr. Jay Grimstead. He is the founder and director of Coalition on Revival. And we are talking about the book Rebuilding civilization on the Bible. It is proclaiming the truth on 24 controversial issues. It was great to hear the encouraging news that you actually are seeing Christianity grow in numbers around the world. Uh, uh, Jay, how, how is that? Uh, you were, you're sharing some of the statistics, but that's really exciting news, isn't it? It is exciting. Most of us were raised in a sort of a pessimistic view about that the things have to get worse and worse, and then Jesus mm-hmm. comes and straightens it out. Uh, I've gotten quite optimistic based on scientific, just what the sociologists of the world have found, the Christian sociologists, mainly at the U.S. Center for World Mission, mm-hmm. launched by uh, Ralph Winter. And uh, it is now called, by the way, uh, 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 Frontier Adventures. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. Center for World Mission started having sociologists analyze every, th- every hundred years 
what the ratio of non-Christians to Christians was. It was a mission effort. Mm-hmm. And they found that 100 A.D., right after Christ and Paul the Apostle, and, and that would all happen, 100, the ratio of non-Christians to Christian was 360 non-Christians to one Christian. Right. So you can see there's been a tremendous growth. The world has been getting more and more Christian numerically every year and every century. So right now, like I said, from... Uh, 1950 to 1980, it went from 21 to 1 to 13 to 1, and then 30 years from 1980 to 2010, mm-hmm. it went to seven non-Christians to every one Christian, just seven to one. Wow, okay. Of 20. So in about 30 years, it doubled. Uh, it almost doubled the first time, and it did double this last time, this last 30 years. And I took a chart, and I put it forward 30 years from 2017, mm-hmm. and at the rate, the growth we had, if that continued into the future, by 2047, seven, 30 years from now, mm-hmm. the ratio would be one-to-one, one, one wow. non-Christian to every one Christian. So, so if every Christian would just turn around and say, I know the gospel, I'm going to share it with someone yeah, else. God is working in that. You know, some we people would run out of non-Christians to evangelize. That's right. Yeah, we're looking forward to that day. Amen. Exist. Right. If it well, continued on, what? What's encouraging is you're sharing that this is happening around the world because some some people would say we can't come to agreement on issues like this because every culture is different. Or they might say that, uh, oh, the Bible was written a long time ago and things have changed. But obviously you would disagree with that, and this book helps to lay that case out, right? That's right. The inerrancy of the Bible, the original belief by uh, of, on the Bible by uh, all the biblical saints from uh, Moses to Daniel and the Old Testament, Jesus to Paul the Apostle and John the Apostle. And all through church history, all of our heroes believed the Bible was absolutely inerrant, that God used men and wrote with the Holy Spirit, had them choose the exact words he wanted, as if God wrote the Bible himself. Right. It's that good. And it's that, it's inerrant in that God really did have it written and it is God's thoughts on everything, not just how to get to heaven, but how to run a bank, how to run a nation, how to run a family, how to run a, a school. Amen. What educational principles ought to be there, or what economic principles should prevail, and so on. So that would be the very helpful. Everything actually, not yeah. just how to get saved. It's right. Everything. Sure. How would and, you suggest someone use this book? Can they use it in their church or in small groups? Uh, how, how would you uh, approach uh, people if someone wanted to know how? Okay, will I understand it if I'm not really heavy, heavily educated? What, what would you say about the book? I say. It, it, Give me that question again a little bit. Yeah, how, how would you recommend to someone to use the book? Could churches uh, use it in a small group, or, or could just an individual sit down and read it? How would you recommend the book being used? I would think of it uh, mainly as a reference book on the major controversial issues of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'd read the first 10 pages that I wrote uh, to get a kind of a sweep of history since, 19, since uh, 1830. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's happened to the church. And then in the back of the book on the appendixes are a number of 
very helpful tools for reformation, such as uh, 40 questions for parents. Parents may ask college professors of colleges where they're thinking of sending their children. Oh, that's very, and, uh, very helpful, yes. So many co- Christian colleges have gone liberal and are teaching just the opposite of what their parents thought they were sending the kids to when they sent them to that college. Yeah, it's a little deceptive. Your kids get to college and you think it's a conservative Christian school and, and your, your child starts saying, well, they, they're teaching that homosexuality is okay now. Exactly. It's a big surprise. And they need to know, parents need to know and check check them out. And so we have these, uh, parents can photocopy the book and just send the questions to professors and really find out. And what I'll tell you is professors, college professors and uh, seminary professors feel like they are beyond accountability. They terribly resent anybody asking them what they teach in class. And mm. so the, the response wouldn't be too good, but the question needs to be asked so that parents can get a feel for the school. Right, and it would also be helpful when a professor says, yes, let me answer this question for you, and they come forward with a good, honest answer, then you can yeah, be assured that that's... the kind of professor you want for your kid. Right, exactly. Let me tell uh, folks again, the book's name is Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible. And the subtitle is Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Uh, Dr. J. Grimstead, G-R-I-M-S-T-E-A-D. Uh, I looked it up. It's available on Amazon. It's uh, also available on lots of different Christian book sites, uh, so people can find it. It was published in 2014. It's still available uh, everywhere I looked uh, around the Internet. I uh, would very much encourage people to get this. Uh, just have a few minutes uh, here. Do you have a, a closing thought for uh, uh, sharing with someone about the book? I would say uh, I would say uh, it is a good reference book, but I want to say to any young people, particularly anybody thirty-five mm. and under. <laughs> okay, I hope they're listening today. Thirty-five is really young. Uh, any young people in the thirties, twenties, and so on. Uh, I encourage you to read the Bible through every year, the yes. rest of your life, or as much of it as you can read at your Excellent. young age, and then as you get more. And uh, I'd pick about I'd pick a book of history in the Old Testament and mm-hmm. a book of the prophets and a, a psalm, and then in the New Testament read one of the one of the uh, epistle a mm-hmm. chapter one of the epistles, and then one of the gospels or Acts and get, get, get try to get uh, when you're a stronger Christian you'll find you'd really appreciate. Uh, chugging down five solid chapters of the Bible every day. I'm Amen. Saying, get yourself into a habit like that, young Christians. Excellent. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Jay Grimstead. Thank you very much. The book, again, is Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible. Uh, Dr. Grimstead, thank you for being with us today. Been great. Thank you. God bless you, Steve. Thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. Well, I don't have much time left here in today's segment. Uh, You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience. He's been sick. I am so glad David let me sit in. I've had a wonderful time with uh, everybody today. I just wanted to to let you know that you can uh, find uh, my ministry at whitefields.org. That's whitefields.org. Our Facebook page is at Whitefields, Inc. That's Whitefields, I-N-C. And our office number is 760 846 
8610. If you are going to attend the Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon, we'll be there at the, our table, at the Whitefields table. Definitely hope you'll come by and say hi to me. If, uh, if you want to talk about the NFL, uh, I'm not a fan, but I do watch games. I'd love to talk to you about things going on. But also, I, I hope that you have been encouraged today uh, that God can let us be bold in our Christian faith and bold in our witness. It's great to know that Christianity is expanding all around the world and uh, Dr. Grimstead sharing that with us as well. I'm Steve Wheeler. I'm the director of Whitefields Ministry. I've been sitting in for David Spoon. You've been listening to AM 1210 Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. And as David often says, just 22 more hours and we'll be back. And hopefully David will be well and healthy in tomorrow. Have a great evening. The David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. And now, your Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Heaven.